You're tuning into Majoring in the Minors Podcast. Join Mahi and Louie for the podcast you deserve, but not the one you need right now. It is what it is, but it isn't what you thought it won't be. All right, Louie, tell us, where have we been? Where have you been? Where has Majoring in the Minors been? Uh, for anyone who's listening to this, Multifarious <laughs> Podcast is taking over. <laughs> well, I mean... Those kids, those pesky kids, no, love them. Too. It's because they have nothing else to do. Man. Yeah, real life is a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Might cut I mean, that part out immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll cut yes. that out. But where have you been? What has happened? Where well, I was been? in the process of moving, and well, it took a bit longer than I had anticipated. Uh huh. Uh, but but now I moved. I mean, I don't have Wi-Fi at home so using my mobile, but like using my mobile, uh, my mobile. But now it's it's. I, I like I like being alone. It's nice. It lets you like focus on things. Yeah, like watching cat videos and wasting four hours on YouTube. I I, I don't I don't see the no. I, actually, I, I met Lane Norton yesterday, so that's cool. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. No, Did it's you pretty nice. your way of looking at nutrition? Kind. I mean, no, because a lot of it was stuff I've already read from him before, but I liked uh, I liked how he presented. I liked the, the, the not the, the scientific bit, but the way he approaches clients mm-hmm. and kind of like the data-driven... Well, he was like, because, you know, it's a presentation, him and his wife, Holly, she's cool too. So she was talking about reverse dieting mm-hmm. and, you know, it works for some people, but like a lot of nutritionalists or a lot of people. Um, and, and again, this is like, this applies to, I think like Jordan also spoke about it in PSO1, like the last week, the, the intake process, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's very, it's very logical like what they're saying, like you think it's common sense, but like the first step is just knowing what the, like the customer or client needs to know what they want. Cause that it impacts your whole nutritional sort of journey, the way you, cause some people don't want to gain it fat. Some people are okay with a bit of fat. Some people want to bulk in like a day. Some people, you know, everyone has a different mindset. So you kind of have to collect all that info. It sounds like you're telling me that individuals have different goals. Needs. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. No, but, but yeah, because even Holly, I think Holly said it. Uh, and I mean, we also like even Jordan says it. We all we've we've even said it in our podcast, I guess, that no one listens to or something. But uh, basically, like the coach should adapt to the cost, like the client. Yeah. Not not fully. Of course, there are things where the client doesn't like they don't. That, that's why they're coming to you. But I mean, for like program a for one person may not apply for program b so it's the same thing with nutrition like if i know someone um can't adhere to seven meals a day i'm not gonna like you shouldn't force them to have seven meals a day you know so i think coaches get that wrong i know some nutritionists who get that wrong where they kind of just force they're more session to session they're not like long term so it's just refreshing to see how you know he like the way he kind of presented it and yeah. sort of just to make you think of it differently. And being obviously data-driven is a bonus, right? Taking all those touch points. 
yeah and seeing like long-term progress versus just yeah okay i lost 5 kg in a month but but like 3 kg could just be water retention and sodium right so it's not like you need to look at trends not just a one-off same thing with gaining weight like let's say the program doesn't work because you your diet like you had extra calories or whatever uh, even if you gained weight it might not be fat it could just again be water sodium but then people tend to panic and go oh it's not working but you gotta trust the process yeah exactly like the fluctuations are a thing like especially as you mentioned even earlier liquid fluctuations will mess like if you're looking short term and like a couple of kilos here and there like liquid fluctuations will mess with your head so much because we can retain exactly. water we can lose water we can like fiber will affect it your sodium will affect it so many different things can affect it and it just can like literally mess with your head so much uh yeah yeah exactly it's 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 something that like clients or like your client needs to understand even even with weightlifting i mean it's the same thing right you're not always gonna break a pr you're not always gonna have more reps like they're gonna be bad weeks they're gonna be weeks where and you're not always gonna like break a knee or like i always have to plug that in that break you hurt my knee i know uh, yeah get out yeah, of yeah, here. yeah 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 no, no but yeah you're right because i think like one thing that i always compare to is like if you want to get a loan from the bank or even if you want to buy want to buy a house or something like if you don't know how much you have in the bank if you don't know how much your savings are how much you're earning how much is going in how much you're ex- uh, spending and everything else like what's your uh, uh what are your expenses then you don't have objective values to kind of work off of to get like to ask the bank for that loan or i don't know put money down to buy a house if you have no idea what's inside that's the same with nutrition like what just if, like knowing what you eat how much you eat what's consistent and training like you need ob- objective measures for training as well like because if you want to for let's say like goal is as simple as like losing weight yes calories in calories out you want to be in a calorie deficit how you create like this rule is simple how you're creating it is as you probably know as well like and norton lane talks about it that's where it gets complicated because you need to at least fix one end of this uh equation like you either have to have like especially your calories out is the one that like you can control like you have to have a specific program you have to train the same way like make sure your steps are the same make sure like you know have all these objective measures because like if you're just going in and doing all right today i'm going to do a little bit of this a little bit of that until i feel a pop well how are you going to repeat that next day next day mm-hmm. next week over the month but like having a specific program even if you are doing some sort of cardio as well it's you still have to measure it same thing with your steps same thing with your sleep sleep everything i and it's not to say that everyone can measure all of that immediately but also like people can start building these habits slowly, right? Like just do a little bit, just do a little bit. And then eventually you get to a point that you're like, all right, I've, uh, I have all, like most of the things that I want to do uh, planned out for myself. And I know this is how, how, how much I'm sleeping, how much I'm walking. And like that, it's a, as you said, it's a long-term process as well. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, Jordan said that, um, I mean, a lot of coaches say it. You have to ask better questions to also be able to collect those data points because sometimes you can't rely on the client like recording it themselves. Uh-huh. You have to kind of 
create a process where you'll find out if their knee hurts or um, like, like there are things like, for instance, the steps now, like, like we're, if we're talking about meat and how important it is in losing fat or being healthy, you can't expect them to record everything, but you can, they can record basic things and then you can, you know, have your own little template where you, you splice it all in yeah. to see their growth. Cause you can't expect them to see their own growth because they don't care most of the time. They just, they just want results. Now we're done. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, and you said it, it is about educating them on habits. I think habits should always start before you actually kick off a real program, uh, especially with nutrition. Like if they're not, if they're not building good habits from yeah. the get-go, there's it, it's very difficult to um, like get them to actually have the cognitive ability to stay within their diet unless they're bulking. And they can eat whatever they want. And then even then it's difficult because there are people. So you cut off, you're muted now. Oh, that was weird. How did I cut? I don't know. You just went away. So you said there were, there are people. Oh yeah. So like. You have to tailor it. There are, there are perfectionists. So Lane was talking about this. I mean, I'm sure you've met some perfectionists who they measure every little thing and they, they kind of major in the minors in the sense that, you know, oh, they missed 20 calories. So it's like they made a big deal about that 20 yeah. calories. So you, they need to also kind of, as a coach, you need to kind of guide them to, like, it's, it's not about that, oh, you missed 20 calories here or there. It's... Mm -hmm. It's not even about having a perfect program because adherence to perfection is is usually very rare. Yeah. Like I'd rather have someone do 80% of an amazing program at 100% than someone doing 100% of an amazing program but only 70% of the time. Like mm -hmm. you know I mean like cuz there's no point in like yes you can anyone can create the perfect program but like Who's going to follow it? You know, everyone has their own stressors. You know, stress, for instance, makes you eat more, makes you make stupider decisions. Plus, it's catatonic, I mean, catabolic in its own catatonic. way, because of, like the hormones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, th these are the factors. You know, what's their profession? How, how much time do they have to eat? Like, are they morning people? Do they like breakfast? Do they have appetites? What's their yes. favorite food? Like these are kind of things that we need to collect. Same thing with gym. I mean, what's your favorite exercise? Like if someone likes burpees, then you, you just don't work with them. Um, like there are things, you know, you like, you have to collect because it's not about what you want them to. I mean, it's about what you want them to do in the sense that there are set objectives that they have to do, but how you get there, it's like, as you said once, or Jordan said it, or like, Prescript in general say it like when people use that little I forgot the name of the gun that little massage gun Paragon. yeah like it's like it's cool it feels nice but does it really do much no exactly but it, it, feels it does nice, for the person right? who and believes it does yeah exactly and and like if it feels like some people for instance like to eat before they gym like they feel yeah. good having a full stomach. 
And some people, they can't. Like, they have a bit of food and boom, they want to vomit. Yeah. Objectively, which is better? Eh, the science, I don't know. Like, either or, right? But if yeah. the thing gets you to work out, then, then it. do it. Like, then like, whatever. Yeah. Is it, the, but, but is it the optimal thing to do? Probably not. But hey, if it, it works... Yeah, the compliance is a science, right? Like you have to find what works for the person, right? Because like there are set rules, but at the end of the day, like we, we, and you know, I even alluded to like individuality rules everything, right? Because we know what works, but what work, like what that person has built over years, like, you know, habits and like lifestyle and environment and things like that, there are the overarching, uh, factors that like kind of decide where you're going to go because uh and you said it now if i have talked if i talk to clients about nutrition and stuff i ask a lot of like personal questions do they live with family do they have a partner that lives with them do like how are their flatmates are li they living by themselves um like how what, what are the hours they work when are they eating like are they eating at work what are the restaurants close to that place? What are the cheap restaurants that everybody goes? Like, there's so many different things can dictate what they're going to eat before I come and tell them, well, you have to have these many carbs and these many, that's much protein and how much fat. And they'll never create it because like, it's, it's a totally different environment for them, right? Some people can, some people, as you said, like the perfectionists, they like numbers, they, they want to be as objective as possible. Perfect. But even those will have some setbacks. Like you have to kind of rein them in because mm. if they just fall off the wagon once they have this chance of like, you know, kind of uh, turning it, it turns into an avalanche and like, you know, just one pebble falls and then the entire like hillside's coming down. So they have their own limitations as well. But as we said, like it is about objective outcomes, creating objective outcomes as much as you can. But as I said, as much as you can, like if someone doesn't have any idea of how much they're eating, I'm not going to get them to record everything. If they don't know what steps are, I've never, never walked. Then like just talking about, okay, maybe <laughs> get your steps down, maybe have like a number of like, you know, because I've, I've done this, like I, and he doesn't mind one of my clients, Kish, when we talked about it, I was like, I'll be recording his steps. And I was like, all right, how many steps? Like you think you've done this week and he does his watch and everything. And he's telling me like, Oh, he's done like 4,000, 3,000, something like that. I was like, yeah, cool. Let's try to make it 4,000 for the entire day. Yeah, sorry. For the entire week, like the average. And then slowly. And he was like, Oh, okay. All right. That seems a lot. I was like, mate, at one point you're going to go to 10,000. And he was like, yeah, Oh, it's like, nah, that's not going to happen. I was like, it will, if you build this habit four or five months later, now he's like averaging about 10,000, 11,000 steps a day. And like, I always mention it to him. I always like, well, what did you say to me? Like when I told you that number at the beginning, it scared you off because it's such like a big task for you because you've never been there. But once you've built this habit of like, you know, taking steps, 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 and like, you know, slowly adding it, like people can't, because we don't do video recordings, but if people see you right now, we're recording this and you're just walking around all the time. So like I always tell people, one of the best times to get your need or steps mm -hmm. up, if your goal is to build steps up, is to just like, when you're on the phone, just walk around. But there's nothing stopping you and there's like no social decorum or whatever that tells you you have to sit down and talk to someone, mm -hmm. right? So like if they don't want to go outside, I'm like, pick, pick up the phone, call your mom and just walk around and talk to her.
right? Yeah, exactly. It's but, it's it's like an RPG, you know. Exactly, like games. It, people need to play games to understand how to manage their resources. Like honestly, gaming and real life are so close. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's like when you play an RPG and you go to that like location where you have these level ninety nine bosses that just destroy you in one hit, and you're like, oh, I'm level one, fam. Well, then as you progress in the game, you're getting better, better, better. And then you're like, oh, level 99, whatever, bro. Yeah. It's the same thing. If you tell a client who's never walked before, you know, 10,000 steps, obviously it's, it's going to overwhelm them. But that little increments, and it becomes more efficient for them, right? Because some people don't walk properly or they, they're lazy anyway, or they have like, they get, they're out of breath faster. Yeah. So by building it up and I tell people like uh, like a simple thing is in over here we have lots of malls right because you know the weather isn't always yeah. great but we have big malls right so I always say like instead of shopping at stores like uh, I mean like those little supermarkets or whatever go shop at a mall because you'll hit like like the other day a friend of mine hit 6k steps just from walking in the mall yeah, exactly. for, for an hour or two so it's it's like do something that will get you what you want from your day, yeah. like whatever, if it's shopping or whatever, but also get in your steps, get in movement in general. It's good for your joints. It's good for calorie burning. Exactly. Just movement in general. And, and that's why NEAT is very important and something that people don't yeah. account for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and one more thing, like I want to say, if anyone's listening to this, we're not just saying like, oh, if you get your steps up, everything's fixed this is just an example of like having like because um and i think in my head like because need is non uh exercise and activity right so like it's non-voluntary so you can actually like generally we cannot measure needs right because like we can't yeah if, if we do it on purpose then it's not non-exercise it's a, a, on purpose but moving around a lot will cause need to go up right because it's like a consequence of yeah. like fidgeting are you moving are you always in movement so your body mm. just has that so like steps and need like having your steps up doesn't necessarily mean your need is up but like having steps up also tells you like you're moving a lot so your body's just like because as our need goes down we move less and we don't notice it and that's why we keep track of mm. steps to just kind of force that idea of like we, we still want to be in constant movement but it could be anything else it could be like habits like I used to tell this to my clients back in the day and like, I don't know how, if I stand by it or not, but like, I think it's a good idea. Uh, portion control, especially if they go out. So I used to tell them like, mm. if you're out, like you're ordering something, just like take half of it. And from the beginning, be like, can I take half to go? Cause like normally we get over portioned in restaurants and stuff like that. And mm. to make it delicious, it has like more calorie dense food in it. Mm. And the other day I did an event with a bunch of my clients. And after that, we all went to get pizza. And one of my clients literally did that. She's been with me for a while and she just like got her half a pizza to take to take back home so she would have like either for lunch tomorrow or something else. And then she was like, yeah, like this is what you told me. And I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, and I was like, would you have done it if I wasn't here? And she was just kind of laughing about it. But like there's like, we're not saying these specific habits in general, but like as we said it, individual people will kind of 
like different systems. So you just have to find that one mm. works for them. And then whatever habit they can build, just uh, kind of uh, work off of that. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, you know, since we were talking about neat and portion control, also snacking. So this yeah. is a big... Um, Obviously, if you're bulking, it's different, but like for people who are trying to lean or cut, you, you just get a lot of extra calories just from snacking here and there, like grabbing chips, accidentally a handful here, a handful of nuts there. And uh, that, that's a bad habit that like you either have to replace what you're eating. So um, as much as I, I hate to say it, but like with veggies that are like very, very, very low in calorie. Mm -hmm. um, like that at least give you some nutrition some hydration or you you have to just learn how to like maybe have one snack but not just reach out but it's also willpower so yeah it's it's what's around you as well right if you have a box of chips and a crisps in england and uh, some nuts around and you know they're salty for instance that gets you to want them more so it's about um like a lot of people don't realize willpower plays, plays a big part. So like why I like living alone is because I don't have junk food in my place. Yeah. So I don't have the need. And I, I wasn't the type who snacked on junk food all the time at home, but it was still hit my willpower and it would like kind of annoy me. Yeah. Cause it would, it would like drain me. And then when I go out, I end up eating junk. So it's, it's like you have to be in an environment that sets you up to success Yes. We're not Thank you. yes the environment is a big thing that's why i said like i ask about who they live with family partner and things like that because like what's it you know if there's something around like we're human if there's something around you want to eat it right like that's what yes. snacking is normally that um and the individuality like for me like just like you i just do not like i don't snack I, I don't like the, you could leave crisps around me and i will not eat it like i literally have so much like because my mom and my family in general, my mom and my sister are like snackers. So I always have stuff in the flat for them. But I, it just never did, like does mm. it for me, right? But that's just a habit. Now, yeah. I, but some people, like, you know, if it's around, they eat it. If, they, if it's just subconscious, yeah. like just understanding how they should modify that environment, right? Like I always say, if you want, like don't buy in bulk. Like if you want something, always mm. like deprive yourself of it. And then when you want it, if you really want it, you were like, all right, I will go to the store to buy that. But if you didn't really mm -hmm. want it and it was just a whim, you'll be like, ah, it's all right. It's actually, I can't be bothered to go to the store. Right? Like yeah, that's exactly. another thing. That's I, I, an example. But uh, environment, big, 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 big uh, effective factor. Like it affects you a lot. Yeah, of course. Friends, environment um of course there are advanced ways to do this so like people can also i mean a lot of people don't realize that there is some flexibility in dieting especially if they're not like physique competitors where like if you know the macronutrient like sort of the calories from each macronutrient you can because it's not a daily thing it's it's kind of a trend over time or a weekly thing if you want to kind of measure so Let's say you screw up one. Well, we'll theoretically say you kind of, you screwed up, you know, you went through a, a bad day, you decided, screw it, I'm going to have a jar of ice cream. Well, 
all you have to do is manipulate your macros for the other two days, like the rest of the week, right? Just to make sure it fits in. Yeah. But of course, it's hard for like most people to do that because you know they, they 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 as you said earlier, there's this avalanche where like they screw up once and then they kind of panic. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they take it like as a make or break. Like every day it's make or break. We're done. And while that may apply if you're a physique comp- competitor with like two weeks left, it's obviously most people just want to build some muscle, be a bit healthier, look a bit leaner. And okay, even bodybuilders, yeah. And even if you're a bodybuilder, like there is leeway, right? Like you don't like yeah. you don't have to be perfect, but you just have to know that, yeah, on a one-off, like just change your calories for the next day, right? Just reduce from fat or carb. Like keep your protein the same, reduce fat or carb. You should be good to go. Mm-hmm. If it's a recurrent theme thing, that's something else. Then the, the data show, like the trend shows that you're screwing up a lot. And then you have to see what is it. Are you stress eating? Uh, are you sleeping poorly, which causes you to eat poorly throughout the day? Like they found that people have 50% more calories or I, I forgot the number, but there's an increase in numbers due to your poor sleep. Yeah. Uh, do you have relationship issues? As you said, like, are you living with your partner? Are you stressed because of family? Yada, yada, yada. So that's something that, yes, well, us, I mean, a, a nutrition coach won't fix that for you, but at least it'll give you insight onto, okay, on these like three times a week, you're screwing up on your diet. Why? Why are you screwing up? And it's un planned like you know if it was a planned screw up like you knew you were going for a barbecue or you knew you were going out drinking and you're like okay i'll you know the next day i'll just have protein or like reduce my whatever yeah that's cool but if it's like three days where you're unplanned you're going and having a burger every five minutes then you gotta look inward and see what's what's up you know yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to say two things because, like, there were two points that I wanted to make off, off of what you said. Is one, when, yeah, because you said about like when you're bulking, you don't need to worry about it as much. And like when you're leaning out. So, this is what I try to tell people with their goals. Like, if their goal is to be a certain, like, the lower this body fat percentage goes and the leaner you want to be, just treat it like you have less money in the bank, right? When I have less money in the bank, I need to be fo- like to survive. I need to focus on go and get the meal deals. Like, you know, go and get like, mm. go to little to shop, for example, like cheaper shops. I need to make mm-hmm. sure I don't have coffee, like expensive coffee. Maybe I can't have coffee as much as I want to. Like who has money to have two pound 50 on the coffee. Maybe I should walk a little bit to be in a different zone to get the bus. Like if I, uh, or train to pay mm. less fare, that's when there's a little amount of money in your bank. Right. So you have to, yeah count for all these small small adjustments that you have to make because you have little money in the bank that's your calories like when you want to be lean your calorie intake is lower so then you have to make smarter choices maybe you can't have this food as you said maybe you have to have like a little bit of vegetables and stuff like that to fill you up right and having something actually calorie dense as opposed to when i when i'm bowling when i'm making money i can buy myself coffee my friend coffee i don't need to worry about this thing i go like oh this restaurant like this shop is expensive the meat is like twice the price of something else that's bulking you're like you don't care like you you you, you cannot still be mm. conscious of it like i don't say like like go bulk and like mess things up because like if your body fat percentage goes up unnecessarily still not really good mm. and it will affect how you look in the future anyways 
But as your calorie intake kind of goes up, and then you have more, as you say, leeway to like choose what you want to eat and stuff like that. So that's how you want to think about it. And like most of the people we deal with, they're not just going to be bodybuilders. They don't need to be like as specific with the numbers and as they need to. They just have to be a more a bit more conscious of like their nutritional budgeting, sort of like uh, sort of speak. Uh, so that was point one, yeah. and uh, in proper Mahan fashion, I totally forgot what my point two was. Uh, oh, it, oh, it was sorry. Now I remembered. It was a compound, as you said, like compounding with the food. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to use myself as an example. Is like for my birthday, uh, I just got because it was in the middle of the lockdown, so I just got sent a bunch of like a lot of cakes, cupcakes, sweets. Like I, I was just eating like like a madman because there was, was nothing else to do. So. I managed to put on a couple of more kilos or pounds that I wanted to. And the only, like, I changed nothing to deal with it. The only thing I did is, like, I recognized that I've had, I've gone over my, like, you know, and I wasn't even counting my calories or anything else. I just knew that I've, for, like, four or five days, I've eaten more than I wanted to. So what I did, it, I compounded it out of my nutrition for the rest of, like, three, four weeks. So, like, for example, I have, my breakfast is always pretty much the same thing. It's a bagel two eggs, two turkey rashers uh, with spinach. That's what one of my bread. And then like have 80 grams of uh, oats as well. So what I did was I just cut the, like for like, and I didn't need to change anything drastic. I didn't need to panic or like kill myself. So for the next month, instead of 80 grams, I brought the oats down to 60 grams. Instead of two eggs, I brought it down to one egg and I would do half a bagel. The rest of my nutrition was exactly the same, but I just knew that if I brought these things down every day, that's like 200 calories less. In 10 days, that's 2,000 calories less, right? In a month, that's... Uh, Eight. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's 200 no. <laughs> 6,000 calories less. No, because <laughs> no, you, 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 you screwed me over. Yeah, sorry, I, I got it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got it wrong too. I, I shouldn't trust about, about like, for example, about 6,000 calories rest and like but, yeah. that would account for everything that I had eaten over the amount that I was meant to eat for those couple of days. And, but that, that's the thing, like food doesn't need to be like difficult. Find something that covers all your bases, like make sure you're getting your most of your micro and macronutrients. And then you need to eat the same thing. It doesn't have to like, you can eat pretty much similar foods all the time. You need to change it too drastically. And then obviously when you have like food that like you like and you can maintain and you build that habit, then you can just introduce portion control to that food. That was my example. Well, exactly. It's, it's about trends and people. It's about will. It's about power. But then. Sorry. Yeah. It's the same with working out. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Like it's it's a long-term thing it's not about that one workout it's it's not that one workout that broke you yeah broke your knee it's compounding it's multiple of, workouts yeah. that hurt your knee yeah it's, it's a habit when you a coach, built before getting on a program yeah it's 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 taking someone's unstable <laughs> yeah someone who's no it's it's someone this. deciding to pick all the exercises that target the unstable knee of somebody 
no it's not that we'll we'll discuss this later again because every episode i think it's a theme talk why you need. yeah but is. no but uh, i think that's but a I think, uh, impromptu I episode think, yeah because we yeah we were supposed to talk about neat completely but then yeah it's lost. <laughs> nutrition neat flexibility flexible coaching <laughs> Flexible. You co- you program computers. You coach people. Like I know Jordan loves to say this. This is a soundbite, but exactly. it's so true. It's so true. Like just on this, like I was talking about this, like another podcast as well, like uh, on Saluji's uh, Multifarious podcast. Like the more I work with people, the more I just want to learn about people rather than just like treat them all the same way. Like the questions I ask, it's just like it just more and more about them because i i've realized like to coach someone you really have to like learn about that person like you can't treat everyone the same way and it's just that human individuality that plays a big role if you want to create long-term uh habits of success adherence yeah right here yeah yeah i think we're good yeah we're good that was a quick i think episode to bring louis back into the fold if you're listening to this, it'll probably be after a couple of episodes that he was MIA, but uh, he is here. He's still alive, sadly. Yeah, but I know, right? I know. I'm trying to trying to do things in life, you know? Try to life, you know? <laughs> Try to life. <laughs> and to life, exactly. Try to life. That, that's it. All right. With that, All thank right. you for listening to this episode of Major Real Winners. Until next time. I'm not going to be able to do that.